guys are having an amazing week so far. Um, my week has been popping. I think that's the word to use, popping and exhausting. Um, <laughs> so um, last week I told you guys in my last episode that I had got just gotten back from Houston at like three in the morning on the Tuesday prior to the episode coming out on Wednesday. And after the episode came out on Wednesday, on Thursday at three in the morning, I was back at the airport going to Cancun with four of my girls to celebrate one of my friend's birthdays. And it was, it was fun. Yeah. Um, my throat might sound a little raspy. It's probably because the tequila has burnt my esophagus. <laughs> I'm kidding, but yeah, I'm tired. That's probably what it is. We stayed at the Royalton Suites. It was a beautiful, beautiful resort, and we were probably a little too much for the resort at times, or f- more so for the older, older guests at the resort. But you know, it's all fun and games. We had an amazing time, and two takeaways from this trip as well as. The Houston trip that I took last week. Um, the first one, mostly with regards to this trip, is that it's truly, truly a blessing to have friends who understand you and friends that you understand. So with me, I'm very high energy, but with that comes balance. So I went um two of the girls out of four I knew I've known very well. I've known my whole life since we were like seven or eight years old, and two And the other two girls I just met on the trip, but they're amazing. So prior to going on the trip, everybody was excited as we should be getting ready, talking about how they want a club and party till the crack of dawn. And my two friends who know me know, well, know me well enough to understand that I'm high energy, but I'm also high rest. So I let them know that when we go on this trip during the day, I might be gallivanting the beach with you having an amazing time. But while y'all are getting ready for the night, if you see me tucked into bed with my head bonnet on, not ready to leave, just take it for what it is and go have a good time. And what I found with some people is that when you, when every, when you're in a group and you all have plans and everybody's kind of high energy and there's that one person who isn't, that person can sometimes be perceived as like a party pooper or like someone who's like killing the vibe. But when you're with people who understand and know you, that's not the case. And that was something that I really appreciated and made me just more self-reflect self-reflective of the fact that I'm blessed with amazing friends who understand me and who I understand because um there was one night that they went out and I was so exhausted they didn't get back till six in the morning and I was like oh thank god I didn't go and what did I do I stayed in bed till maybe I was up till 3 a.m watching YouTube videos and I put waters on their pillows to make sure that when they came in they'd be hydrated and I've talked to you guys about social limits before and I feel that for me, especially with like nightlife type things, my social limit is kind of lower than many people, especially when you're on vacation. And I would never want to be that person who goes out with people because of FOMO, but ends up sitting in the corner unamused or wanting to go home or killing everybody's vibe. I'd rather legit take a time out and not even be there than to be that person who somebody has to keep pausing their good time to check on and make sure they're okay, you know? And That's something that I think is really considerate because if we were, let's say we were going out just on the resort and we were, um, 
within the resort and I could just easily walk back to my room, maybe I'd go out. But if we're going somewhere off the resort where it wouldn't be safe or advisable for me to excuse myself, I wouldn't want to put that burden on other people. So yeah, I was really, really grateful and I had an amazing time during the day. I was, I had all the energy and during the night when they still had the energy, I took all the naps and went to bed super early and made sure they had food to eat and everybody was good. And the second thing I took away from going on trips back to back was that um, I was extremely tired and that I need to reassess the readiness of my prayers because one of the things I I think I want or one of the things that I do want is to be able to speak all over the world to motivate people and have a jet set life. So jet set, not necessarily beach to beach, but more so I, I could have an event somewhere on Monday, have an event some an engagement somewhere on Tuesday and just kind of be flying out. But God tested me with these two vacations, which were both just for enjoyment, not even for work. And the way I feel, I'm tired guys. Like when I, when you come back from vacation back to back and you tell people you're tired, they lack sympathy for you. They're like, how are you tired when you were on a beach? But guys, the sun is exhausting sometimes, <laughs> but yeah. Um, it just kind of put into perspective the fact that sometimes we want things so badly and think they look they look good and that they are good, which may be the case, but there's a whole other aspect of determining whether we're actually ready to have these things we've prayed for because it's one thing to get what you want and it's another thing to be able to handle handle it in its abundance, not squander it, not take it for granted and not destroy it because you're not yet at that place. So now I'm really... I'm really reassessing my ability to do the things I want and understanding that it takes a lot of organization because coming back from both trips, I felt very off balance. I spent yesterday in the library just organizing myself, getting back to my center and to the things that make me feel like I'm ready to seize the day. Because when you come back from vacation, your bills are there, your responsibilities are there, and most things are even behind because going away in a two-week period for about, I think, nine nine-ish days is a lot of time to be away you know and coming back you have to kind of get back into things and it took me a little while longer than I than I would have hoped for but I'm grateful you know because this this is the precursor to all the greatness and me getting everything that I want in 2020 and now I know what it takes for me to to be at my best as my prayers are answered um Outside of that, I hope you guys had some time to meditate on the words to live by for last week, which were how you feel and why you feel are not the same. And the takeaway, well, the main takeaway that I had from this is that getting to the root is the only way to truly uproot or nourish your emotions. So our emotions and what we feel is the expression of whatever is deeply rooted on the inside of us. But when you don't know exactly where those roots where those roots are located and what those roots actually represent it's it's hard to it's hard to determine whether those things should be uprooted or if they should be nourished because sometimes what um what we feel and why we feel although they're two different things how we feel can be very positive and if we want to continue to feel that way it's important to know what that root is so that we can nourish it and if it's something that should be uprooted it's also important to know that. Um, and one of the things that I found, well, while thinking and meditating on the words to live by, one of the things I found is that what we feel and the root is 
is appropriate, but how we're feeling or expressing can sometimes be misconstrued. And, um, the main, the main example that stuck out to me was the whole issue of safety and with regard with regards to women particular in particular guys i still have vacation brain so take it easy on me and my lack of english because it's probably going to be heavy (laughs) in this episode so with women a lot of times that they say they want to date thugs or guys who are rugged so he could be rugged to the streets but gentle to you lot a lot of that stems from the root of wanting safety And when maybe your perception of safety has been misconstrued, you see someone who can physically and aggressively protect and you wanting to feel safe now gravitate towards that person or those type of people thinking that this is what's going to bring about the security that you personally believe that you need in life and in a relationship or in a partner. So it's important to really look at the root of why you act the way you act because the root may be justified but the expression of that room may not be so that's the point where you now look at the two and reconcile their differences and find what works for you what needs to be uprooted what needs to be nourished and what is maybe producing incorrect fruit in your life or the fruit has just been kind of misconstrued and yes you it's justified but maybe the way you're going about it could be adjusted So now I'll get right into our talk, guys. This is episode 35. That's (laughs) that's bonkers to me, 35 weeks straight of doing this. When I get to 52, I don't know, I might just yell in y'all's ears for 30 minutes. Just yell. (laughs) And y'all probably going to unsubscribe. So I'll probably think of something nice to do or maybe do a contest or something. But it's just crazy. 35 weeks of commitment to this. I'm happy and excited. and And thank you guys for kicking it with me. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys tuning in every week, liking it, giving me feedback, reviewing. It really means a lot to me. So this week, um, I'm going to start off with a question, and that's what do sharks, turtles, and us as human beings have in common? And the answer is, should I be like Dora and wait for you guys to respond, even though I can't hear you? No. <laughs> um, The answer is that we don't grow past our cages or our confinements. So this week's episode is about cages. Just a simple definition based on the internet, Webster, whomever, is that a cage is a structure of bars or wires in which birds or animals are confined. And we're not animals. Well, y'all might believe in evolution. I don't believe in evolution. I'm not an animal. I'm a human being. But that's the main definition. But with regards to this episode cages are mental and physical places and structures that hinder your emotional mental financial and personal growth so in general it's understanding the concept of the cages that we are trapped in the cages that we trap ourselves in are is very very important and i believe one of the one of the top things that we need to constantly check ourselves on, but especially as we're going into 2020 and starting a new year and a new decade, it's important to ask yourselves, what cage am I in and how is this cage stunting my growth? And the thing with cages is that you, when you think of an animal in a cage or a bird in a cage, you see the confines, you see the, as the definition says, the bars or wires in which, the birds or animals are confined. But when it comes to our 
metaphorical cages, um, you don't necessarily see them in the same way because it's, you still have free reign. You think, you walk, you do. You don't necessarily feel like you're trapped. There are times where we do physically feel like we're trapped in a place, but for the most part, you don't. So that's one of the issues with cages That's that makes it very important is the fact that cages are very are often invisible. And because of the fact that they're invisible, you may not even know that you're in a cage until you physically get out of it, which makes it very difficult to potentially get out. Because if I know that I'm behind a door, I can open it and leave. But if the door doesn't exist, how exactly do I know that I need to get out of there? Ooh, that was good. (laughs) But yes, and another thing with cages is that they're also often very subtle. The effects of the constraint of physical, mental, emotional cages is not always felt and it's not always so constricting that you feel that it's taking the negative toll that it may actually be taking on you. And with that comes the fact that hardly will you ever grow out of a space when you're convinced that you want to stay in it. So let's just pull up the example of work because that's one of the ones that I find can be a cage to many people. If you love your coworkers, love your job, love the salary, love the commute, love the things you do for a living and you, and you're good with it, you know, you're happy, you've been there for five years, you're good. You will hardly ever outgrow that space, even though it may be a cage to you. And it's not until we sometimes step out of these, as I said, it's invisible. So it's sometimes even very difficult to step out of it, but it's not until you step out of it that you will realize that there were a few little things in there that were actually hindering and stunting your growth. But based on the comfort, you weren't able to realize that. And that's another thing with cages is that they're, they are very comfortable and very safe. And what I found is that with progress and growth, comfort and safety are two major indications that you're stunting your growth. I have, I have a yet to find my greatness in my comfort zone. I have yet. And that might sound crazy. It might sound unrealistic. Like, don't get me wrong. You'll find peace in doing what you're supposed to do. But I feel that prolonged comfort or feeling like I could get used to this forever is, is an indicator that you're about to start to shrink or you're about to start to regress. So the question now becomes, where are our cages or where do they usually, where do they usually occur? And I found, I'd say four, but the fourth one will be mixed in with the third one. The first place where you can find a cage where you can be caged in is in your relationships. And I, I'm saying romantic relationships. And one of the things to note with me saying this is that a romantic relationship can be a cage with or without love. I'm going to repeat that one more time. A romantic relationship can be a cage with or without love. And I think that's where people sometimes get it confused. When you talk about a cage, you think of the dramatic, um, the dramatic nature of like an animal at a zoo being confined and wants to roam free. It wants to be free. It wants to live its best life. But there are these four walls putting you in. And sometimes a cage is, is filled with love. It's filled with emotional stability. It's filled with healthy relationship. But within that is the hindrance of you becoming 
the best version of yourself that you can be. And I think that's where it becomes very difficult because you could love someone with all your heart and wish the best for them and and be happy with them and you could see yourself spending the rest of your life with them. But at the same time, if you were to stay with that person and spend the rest of your life with them, you'd be caged in and you would never reach your full potential. And it's important to note that the reason why cages are bad is not because they is not because they're unhealthy or because they they are abusive in any way. Some cages are like, don't get me wrong. There are some cages that are very abusive in situations that we're in that are, that are hindering us and putting us in danger. But the reason why cages are, are negative is because our goal. And I think because I say it all the time, and I'm sure if you guys are listening, we're probably on the same page with some respect to this our goal is to be our best selves and be the best version of ourselves, um, reach our God given potential. And we want to leave everything on the field. Like, I think I talk about it. I've spoken about it in the past that one of my fears is to get to heaven and God showed me everything that I could have been, but I was too shook or I was too lazy or I was too comfortable to accomplish that greatness. I believe that all of us have assigned to us things that we are able to do and it's up to us to activate all of those things you know so that's why cages and with regards to relationships are are difficult because you can be in a comfortable and happy place and it can be filled with love and everything but the ability to step back and realize that this is hindering my potential for my ultimate greatness which sounds very selfish but I believe part of a healthy relationship is being your best self and bringing that to the table and someone bringing their best self to the table. So someone can love you and for whatever reason, through maybe your comfort or that them not pushing you or you not pushing yourself or feeling comfortable in that situation, they may be hindering you from being your best self. And I think it takes, uh, let's say, okay, I think it takes a lot for, you as an individual in a relationship realizing you're caged to walk away from a loving, comfortable, happy, safe place. And it takes even more for somebody who is in a relationship with you and who is noticing that that relationship is caging you for whatever reason to let go of you. And both of these things are very selfless acts and also selfish acts, but um, I think it's very necessary and important. And Another place where we can often be caged, as I've spoken about previously, is in our jobs. And it comes from the secure, the security, the comfort, the fear of the unknown venturing out. I had worked with a woman at my previous, at one of my, not my, not the job I quit this year, a job that I had worked at prior. And she was very intelligent, but I found that she barely pushed herself. And me being me, (laughs) I went up to her and I asked her and I'm like, why are you still here? I'm like, what you're doing at this job? Yeah. Like my managers, if they heard, they probably would have gotten rid of me (laughs) earlier. But, um, I asked her, what are you doing at this job? And why are you still here? I'm like, what you're doing right now and getting paid bare minimum for, and you've been doing it for five years, your experience just from here alone, I don't even know what your past is, could actually get you 
a job that maybe pays double of what you're receiving from here, but you continue to stay here and I don't understand why. And she looked me in the eye and said, my friends are here. And I looked at her and I was annoyed. Like, I won't even lie to you guys. I was actually annoyed. She was in the process of getting married and her and her um, fiance were having a difficult time handling the bills so much so that she was going to take on a weekend job and he was going to take on a weekend job. And I'm like, girl, your, your skills from here is enough for you to get paid double what you're getting paid right now. And it's not that double would be nice. You physically need double, or you're going to start working an extra 20, 30 hours a week and not even see your spouse. And he's going to be doing the same. And she sat there and said, my friends are here. And that in itself is is a cage and side note, side note to anybody who's working in a job who loves the people they work with so much so that it's, that it's stopping them from pushing to get out of their job. If the people who you work with or your work friends are your real friends, that relationship will transcend outside of you guys seeing each other for 40 days a week. So get a new job <laughs> and get out of there. And if that relationship cannot be maintained after you leave that job, maybe they weren't really your friends like that. And that's okay too. <laughs> you know, that's okay too. So if you're so scared about keeping relationships that you stay somewhere where you need to and you cage yourself in, you need to ask yourself where that insecurity stems from and why you feel that you need to constantly be in somebody's face for a friendship to hold its validity and its weight. Like, trust me, the friends I have, some of them I don't see for six months. Some of them I don't see for a year. But every time we see each other, we pick up exactly where we left off because friendship is more than just being in each other's space all the time. The last um, place where we find cages is in friendships and in like personal family relationships. So that's why this is mixed in. So the first one was romantic relationships. Second one was jobs. And then this is casual, like blood relationship and friendships. So all other friendships that are not necessarily romantic. And there are a lot of cages in these because being around people, like remember I told you guys about like the whole local champion complex. Like if you're the top of your class, you're, you, you're in the wrong class. Sometimes we are around people and for the same reason, sentiment, longevity, love the things they've done for you in the past we stay in too close of a connection with certain people that that indirectly hinder and block us from getting to where we want to be and and that's what i said that these cages can be filled with love and safety and security and it's even as as simple as your mother for example okay when i was going to leave my job and pursue what i'm doing now my mom was really nervous about it. And she was nervous from a place of love. And if I had taken her love more so than the push and the pressure that I was feeling to do what I wanted to do, I would have caged myself in, you know, I would have listened to her and she was never malicious about it because she just doesn't, when somebody loves you, sometimes when you're about to take a risk that they can't see the immediate reward of their love for you and their want for you not to suffer or have a difficult time will literally cause them to become a cage to you and become a hindrance and a blockage to your growth because they don't want you to step into something that may potentially have a negative outcome. So then it's on you for you to now say, am I gonna, I respect you. I love you. I understand what you're saying. And I'm grateful that you care enough about me, but now I'm going to step out of your opinion, out of your purview and out of the I guess essentially negativity because 
it is negativity, even if it's coded in love and I'm going to do what I need to do. So those are the three places where we often find cages. And just to wrap this up, I'm going to tell you how to potentially spot cages. And this is not exhaustive. Like there are many, many ways, but for the sake of time and just because if I talk too much, y'all ain't going to remember, I'm going to give you a few places. I mean, ways to spot a cage. And one is, as I've stated earlier, the local champion complex. Like when you are at the top, when you're in a situation where you are the best of the best, unless it's like, just go back to my episode. I will link it in the show notes below where I talk about this. But when you are at the top of your class and you get comfortable there, it's time for you to leave because there's always more opportunity for you to be great. And when you get comfortable and you're like, I'm at the top of my job, I, everybody loves me, all of this, all of that. And you see yourself no longer having to sit up, but now you can kind of lean back and kind of get everything done still. It's, it's an indicator that you may be starting to cage yourself in and it might be time for you to look at ways to, to grow and expand outside of that. The second is when you think of better for yourself but you always talk yourself out of it and this is more so a mental cage where you're constantly there's ideas flowing there's potential you'll even get a glimpse of what your future could be if you went in this in a certain direction but every time it's time for you to jump you kind of walk yourself back off the ledge and that is an indication that you're in a mental cage that you're caging yourself in and this that kind of cage is more so I think steeped in fear and steeped in yeah fear of the unknown and not necessarily being ready to take the risks that that you know would be required of the things that you want for yourself even though you do want them for yourself you know it's like thinking that I want to be a millionaire but knowing that I have to invest money right now and maybe take out a line of credit and then being scared of the potential interest rates on that line of credit so much so that I don't I don't take that risk, you know? So that's one of the ways that you, if that keeps happening to you, it's an indication that you are starting to cage yourself in and that you need to maybe look into why you're acting like that and maybe give yourself a little more of a push. Um, The third way to spot a cage is that you want new things for yourself, but your partner won't approve. So this is more so with romantic relationships. When you find that you start talking about ideas and that person keeps kind of talking them down. Um, I knew of a couple who the, the girlfriend was always talking about wanting to pursue her dreams and wanting to, I think it was, yes, start a YouTube video. I mean, a YouTube channel. And her boyfriend was like, oh, um, I don't really like the attention that that could potentially bring. And what he pretty much said to her was that I see your potential for greatness because if you start a YouTube channel and there's only five subscribers, there's not much attention, like no shade, like no shade whatsoever, but there's not that much attention. So if he said for him to say that he sees the attention that would come is for him to pretty much be saying, I see your potential for greatness in this because you're going to have a lot of subscribers and people are going to start to recognize you but I don't want that lifestyle for myself. So I don't want you to do that. 
And if that doesn't scream, get out, get out, get out, cage, cage, cage. <laughs> I don't know what does, you know? It's literally, it's just the worst. Like, when you think of the things you want to do and the things you're aspiring for and thinking of the reaction that the person you're in relationship with, with will have to it, and that reaction is negative enough for you not to do those things you want to do, especially when those things aren't dangerous, aren't life-threatening, are progressive, are positive, and are in line with your destiny, that is a major indication that you're you're in a cage and that you need to get out. The fourth um, way to spot a cage is regression and boredom. And this is with regards to, I'd say most mostly, but it could also fall into other places with a job. When you've been working at a job for five years doing the same thing, and for whatever reason, you've been doing the exact same thing. Like the the systems and the functions haven't changed, but you're regressing. So maybe you're a welder and you've been welding for years, doing like welding the exact same thing. Let's say like a factory line, just to make it simple. You've been welding the same bolt for 10 years. And now you find yourself getting injured doing the same thing that you've been doing this whole time. Getting injured, not being able to focus, getting bored. When you are in a place and you're starting to regress and get extremely bored, it's mostly an, most likely an indication that you are in a cage and somewhere you need to get out of. And as someone who has a, a lot of teachers in my life, you, you often find this with gifted children that they'll be in class and they'll be the troublemakers. They'll be the ones who don't pay attention. They'll be the ones who kind of distract everybody, but they're still successful. They're, they're getting good grades. And why this is, is because they're not being engaged at the level that they need to, to maintain their attention and grow. So when you're not, when you're not being given the stimuli that you need to grow, what you, what you're being given is underwhelming so much so that you do even worse and then you get extremely bored. So it's the same thing when we trap ourselves in cages we are blocking ourselves from the stimuli we need to continue to grow. And when we're not, anything that's not growing is dying. So our dreams are dying. Our ability to do what we're doing is dying. And it just gets to a place where you'll find yourself making stupid mistakes that you made in your first year of training when you're 10 years into a job. And everyone around you is looking at you and they're like, you're getting worse at this when it's easy and that's because you you don't you don't belong there anymore and your mind is just shutting down because if you're not going to activate me and you want me to do this mundane stuff I'm I'm not even here for it so that's just what that is and the fourth is when people tell you to get out <laughs> that's usually an indication of a cage that and barely or it's rare to find people in your life who will look at you and look you in the eye and be like, what you're doing is beneath your potential for yourself. Get out of there. But if you're blessed enough to have somebody who will tell you that I'm begging you, please, please, please take it as a sign and get out of there. Um, when I left my job in February, um, I had worked with a few teams that I no longer worked with. So there was one broker who I actually told, I went into his office and I knocked on the door and I'm like, oh, I just want to let you know that I'm quitting. Fi Friday's my last day. And he was like, this is the best news I've ever heard. <laughs> and I was like, what? You don't like me? And he's like, no, for you to step out and decide to leave this to pursue your dream is bold. And I'm grateful that you're leaving. 
like my my week has been crap but you telling me this has made me so happy and i was just like what that's crazy like people watch you and sometimes they can't say it but sometimes they do say it so if you have someone who literally will come to you and tell you that bruh get out of here your talent is too good you're wasting your potential you can do more listen to that and take it take it don't take it lightly take it heavily and along the same line that broker and another broker took me out to drink um for drinks prior to me leaving on my last day actually and the other broker i had worked with him like maybe in my first year of working with the company and he's he was like when i heard that you were quitting it was the happiest thing i've ever heard he's like and what he said was it's like sea biscuit being in a petting zoo and i was like what that's crazy so for those of you who don't know i think i don't even know if sea biscuit's a real horse but seal sea biscuit it was like a race horse that was extremely successful like one of the top race horses in history and that horse being in a petting zoo is what he compared me continuing to work there for any longer to and what is that that is a cage and what does that go to show you that even the greatest potential in the wrong space will be hindered because imagine a racehorse that will go that went on to win trophies and trophies and championships so much so that when you talk about racehorses sea biscuits the only one i personally know and some people don't even know nothing about horses because like i don't know we're not all into that but for someone to say that you have the potential of a stallion to be chilling with ponies and that's some of us in life. We're chilling with ponies when we have the potential to be stallions. And there's absolutely no reason to continue to do that. And it's it's very difficult, as most things that I talk to you guys are about here. They're easy to talk about, but the actual putting them into action is not always as easy. But I really want you guys to just take the rest of this year and going into next year to look at the cages in your life. Look at the places where you're stunting your own growth because like i said turtles sharks and you like this was such an interesting fact to me that if you have like if you go to the pet store and you get a pet shark and you keep it in a tiny cage it'll never grow past that cage but if you were to buy a cage that's maybe 10 square feet or 10 square inches bigger and to transfer that shark into that cage it's going to continue to grow and that's really crazy. Like, that's very literal. And the same thing with turtles. If you get a turtle and you keep it in a tiny little box, it's not going to grow. But the bigger and bigger, more space you give it, the more it's going to grow into its potential. So imagine having a pet turtle that you had for years and it's just tiny. And then one day the cage breaks and then you just have a huge one. You put it in there and you just start to see this exponential growth. And that is the same thing with us. I don't want you guys to be small and start to think that that's your size because you've put yourself in a cage that doesn't allow you to spread your wings and grow to the biggest potential that you're capable of. And part of that is taking that risk and sometimes being in a space that seems a little too big for you. But as you continue to stay in that space, you'll, you'll start to find that you're occupying it in the way that you should. And it might even get tight again. It might be time for you to move on. So yeah, I really hope that helps you guys look at your cages, make some tough decisions. And I'm going to get right into the words to live by and wrap this up because we're heading towards 40 minutes. And something that I've decided to change with the words to live by is that instead of making the words to live by something outside of the contents, um, the context of the episode, I'm going to pull something from the episode and use that as the words to live by because um, as a human being and someone who 
has an okay attention span. Listening to these episodes, there's a lot of good information in it, but there's not it's not possible to always take away everything that you hear. So I'm going to now try to pull something that I think is important from the episode and put it into the words to live by just to maybe help you as you meditate or work on the words to live by, it'll bring back into memory the whole context of the of the episode. So my words to live by for this week is when it's time to go, go in faith. And this is... This is, I think, the most important thing that I could pull out of this episode because it's not when it's time to go, go with all the resources. When it's time to go, go with an understanding of where you're going to be in the next five years or go with a projection, go with enough of a backup plan. Sometimes when it's time to go, you just need to go in faith. You don't need to wait around for everything to be perfect because waiting around for perfection, comfort, the perfect opportunity is what is going to keep you in that cage for so long. And that's, what's going to make you look back 10 years from now and say, I wish I had jumped at that point. I wish I had moved at that point. So it's hard. I know it's not easy at all, but it's, trust me, trust me. It's so much more worth it to know that you expanded your territory, even if that land is not where you're going to settle finally, but at least you took the steps necessary to, to get out of a place that was confining you and stunting your growth. And sometimes growing and not being stunted is, is, is falling. It's stumbling. It's trying something and having it not work out, which is so much more better than you sitting in a space, hoping that things will work out for you. So yeah, thank you guys so, so much for listening. Have an amazing week and I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye.